Hello, beautiful people. My name is Kelvis Sedeno, and this is another episode of Outside Thinking with Kelvis Sedeno. Um, I know I said that I would be producing a new episode next week, but I have a surprise for you, and I have another episode for you. Um, this episode is with my good friend Paul, and it is a discussion about streetwear. Um, some of you don't know, I used to be a very big streetwear collector and wore a lot of streetwear. I still have some pieces. I don't have them all. But this was an interview that my friend Paul wanted to do with me. So um, just give it a listen. I hope you enjoy. I hope you uh, get some good information out of it. And like I said, uh, I will see you or you will hear from me next week. Bye. The first question would probably be like, when did you first get introduced to streetwear when did i first get introduced to streetwear um i think for me i would say like my first introduction to streetwear was you know my older brothers obviously uh i have two older brothers who are 10 and 12 years older than me so you know they would come home they were teenagers when i was young so they would come home from the store and they would wear like you know, the Iceberg, the Jabot, uh, what else? Pele Pele, Parasuco, you know, Lacoste, Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica, you know, Rock and Polo, North Face, like all these brands. And like, you're like, oh shit, like this is, you know, this is cool. This is within, right? It's not like, because it was kind of like that stuff was like stuff that like preppy white boys wore upstate and then like people brought it down to New York. I started wearing it and it became a thing and like I watched them wear it but then like I feel like for me the big like when I really got introduced to streetwear was when I like kind of like when I was like 11 12 years old I would just be I would, I would hang out in Soho and you know you go to the Supreme store you see like all the hypebeats and all the skaters around there well they weren't hypebeats at that time but you see the skaters hanging out and you know that movie that came out kids that was like a big thing because it was like an encompassing of new york culture and yeah. um just to be in soho to be in that area like during the the birth of like a life supreme like all these crazy brands that were coming out at that time i think that was when like i first like got into streetwear and um <clears throat> do you feel like it's it's a form of like self-expression, like a different language kind of. Well, I think I don't, I, I wouldn't say it's a form of like self-expression, but I, I do think there's kind of like a, like a factor of like, if you know, you know. So it's like an in crowd, out crowd kind of thing with streetwear. But I think the other thing with the streetwear is like, there's so many like subgroups and subsets of it where like you know the skaters have their own way of dressing and talking and then like who else like the the kids who wear like tech wear the tech wear streetwear guys they have their own way of dressing and talking and then you have kind of like the uh you know the guys who mix streetwear with high fashion and then you have the types that are strictly like billionaire boys club like the japanese streetwear kind of guys so i would say I don't know if it's a form of expression, but I think it's more of a representation of a person's lifestyle. So you feel uh, like, uh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. 
Uh, so you feel like um, it help? Does it help connect you to your community from where you grew up? Like the method of using streetwear, because I would say as a form of expression, it's an important task to make a good first impression, and how we decide to dress um, really expresses kind of who we are at first sight. Well, you know what well, I mean? From, yeah, the, the reason, the only reason why I, I kind of don't like that term okay. is because the reason why, I know, I know people like to use like form of expression or like the way that you present yourself or like the way you makeup on or like you, I don't know, type of sneakers you wear. But like for me, like the reason why I don't see streetwear as a form of expression is because people who wore streetwear or who began the streetwear culture or are part of the streetwear culture, they're not doing anything that's outside of their natural limits. Meaning like if I'm wearing a Supreme shirt with some Yvizu jeans and some Jordans, I'm not wearing that because I think it's cool. I'm wearing that because that's what I wear. That's what people in my neighborhood wear. That's what we can afford. Yeah. Because, you know, streetwear is not what it was, what it is now where, you know, a t-shirt goes for $300 or like you used to go to Supreme back then in the nineties and early two thousands, there was no lines, bro. You could just walk in, pay $40 for a shirt, $30 and walk out. Like it wasn't. And even with the Jordans like you go, you remember, I know you remember, we used to be able to go to Models to get sneakers. Yeah, like you just absolutely. went to models and bought the Jordans on Saturday. Like, oh, they came out and go get them. Like, it wasn't like this hyper commercialism where people are like, oh, I'm gonna dress like this type or I'm gonna dress this way. It was like, no, like skateboarders wore baggy clothes because they were comfortable in baggy clothes skating. Um, yeah, the gangs, the gangsters who like sagged their pants, they did that because they came from jail, or um, the like, how would you say? I would say, like, the quirky kids who, like, were into anime or into manga, they wore Japanese clothing or Japanese streetwear because they used to be around that type of culture or those type of people, and they were put onto that. So yeah. I think what's happening now is, like, yes, I think now, currently, people are using streetwear as an expression, but the people who started streetwear were part of streetwear, they were doing that naturally. Even, like, if, like, for example, you look at in the 60s, right? Because like people, like uh, one of the first forms of streetwear was in the in Europe in the 60s, right? With these uh, grunge groups and the and the rock era, and people were, like wearing uh, Doc Martens and they wore leather jackets with spikes and they did all this stuff. But that was part of that like grunge culture, like that was part of the in crowd. People really just lived like that. There was no like thought process behind it, like oh, I want to look like this. So that's why yeah. I'm always careful with the whole like. Oh, it's an expression of language. Like, nah, bro. Like, this is where I live. This is I've dressed like this because people in my neighborhood dress like this. Or yeah. this is what I grew up with. This is what was cool to me. This is what was in my purview. And it like. and it seems to it seems to unify the community in that type of way. I mean, uh, whatever community uh you live in, right? I mean, that's that's what I hear. Um and again, yeah, I you know, just a short story. Like I started understanding streetwear in high school, believe it or not. It was like, I was like 13 or 14 and I just 
didn't see like fashion or anything like that because I grew up, you know, poor, but the people that were around me that were wearing the Jordans and all the high, fi- high fashion items kind of represented themselves as an individual group, but at the same time they were united. So it kind of became like the first lesson for me to see that that united people, but also separated them within the within their own small subculture, I would say. Yeah, I, I think I think I think you hit that correctly. Yeah. Because you could look at like uh like in the nineties when when they had quote unquote urban wear, right? Which was I guess like a professional version of streetwear with like woo wear and what was it? Uh baby fat, fubu, we had what South Pole. Then you had and then and then you had like certain streetwear, like what is it, Carl Kanai or like cross colors, which was like literally like tailored, like in the ad. It was like this is for black people. So like you yeah, know, even out and- even out today, you see somebody wearing a cross color shirt, and you're like, "Yo, that's like a deep cut. Like, you have like real grail old shit that like nobody has." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like uh, I feel like it's definitely like a, a kind of like a symbol, you know. Even though you're not, you know, at, back then you were able to to buy streetwear and use it because your community kind of like wears that, that kind of represents the the community as like where you grew up from. So that's in a way looking at the entire streetwear community and how it grew up, it started with hip hop and music and it, at least in the, in the United States. And it became a very big deal in New York, <clears throat> New York and LA, right? So, at the beginning, I don't think anyone other than the people in New York and LA were buying stuff um, to really separate themselves. They were kind of just buying stuff to represent themselves as that like group and, and their fashion sense. But now you see it everywhere where they're kind of um, commercializing streetwear, right? Yeah, and I think and I think that's the the casualty of just like capitalism in general where yeah. like anything eventually after a while just gets like ruined and like hyper commercialized yeah um, exa- uh, to the point where like the market just gets saturated because like even you look at now like you know you could literally if you wanted to you would probably well if you wanted to you would go bankrupt if you tried to purchase the amount of like collabs and stuff that drops every weekend um yeah and and it's gotten to the point now where it's like you know supreme for example they're owned by an investment firm so are they really like a streetwear brand anymore i don't do they count as a streetwear brand maybe maybe not who knows but like you said it's it's everything is like now it's so it's like you know streetwear is like hip-hop now it's a global thing now like so you can't really gatekeep it anymore like the way you used to be able to back then because back then it was like, hey, I'm going to Flight Club. Somebody's like, what's Flight Club? Well, if you don't know what Flight Club is, buddy, then you don't know because they didn't have that nice store in Union Square like they do now. They used to be in Wall Street with no sign, with two glass doors, and if you didn't know where they were at, you weren't able to go there to find sneakers. 
But now everybody knows what, you know, Flight Club is, and then you have StockX and Go, and you have all these places where, you know, capitalism has essentially become a part of streetwear, which yeah. you know, gave birth to, like, Hypebeast and all that other stuff that, in my opinion, is, like, kind of taking away the meaning of everything. Well, speaking on, on like, the effects of streetwear more on the physical body, do you feel like, did you ever feel like, wearing streetwear made you physically feel different to the to like wearing something else um, like if you're wearing streetwear in the summertime it may feel different to like wearing streetwear in the winter time because i know you know personally you can have now you could have like a three-piece coat on and you could also get like a north phase or or something even more high-end and it may be fashionable but it may not be warm or it may be warm but you may not be fashionable and I feel like that's a very big part of expressing of the self like how the body feels when you're wearing streetwear well I think I think for me in general I value a certain level of comfort um with uh how would you say with that cross-section of price and for me, like streetwear has always been in that comfortable cross section of like fashion and price or like comfort and price. So like I like, for example, like I wear all my shirts oversized and streetwear brands tend to sell oversized shirts. So which is why I buy them because they're they're comfortable. Um, My pants are usually they're not uh, skinny, but I usually wear like slim pants or I wear like painter pants. And that's technically a streetwear item, but it's just a comfort thing for me. Um, as far as utility goes, I do think, though, that a lot of streetwear offers utility. But I think at the same time, there are certain brands that offer utility that have now become streetwear. So you mentioned North Face. Like, you know, you look at the Steep Tech, the North Face Steep Tech, that's a jacket that's used by people who climb mountains, right, that go to, like, Everest. Yeah. But people like us in the hood was like, wait, I only got to buy this jacket with a liner inside. And I could throw a hoodie on and it and it works in below zero weather, I'm copping it. Like, and then now the Steep Tech is a hood staple. The 550 is like a hood staple. Um, same thing now with Canada Goose. Canada Goose, those are like Antarctic expedition coats. And people buy them to wear them as like a as a fashion item. So I think Wistry where like you can find a, a utilization or utility for what you want. But I think what also happens is like the culture sometimes is like, yo, this coat is mad warm for the winter. It's only like, look at what happened. For example, like I'm talking about coats, like look at the Marmot, the Mammoth, right? Yeah. That is another coat that's used for winter expeditions. But when we were teenagers, that was the coat that everybody had because it was big, it was warm, and it was affordable. Like it wasn't obviously 650 now, but back then that coat was like $400 and they lasted you what? four or five Weird. years so yeah. it was worth it was I like I literally just got rid of my mammoth that I had when I was 15 like last month yeah and that's years 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 17 years that just goes to show you the like how the savviness of the people in the culture to know like what works and what doesn't for them yeah and it's a trial and error kind of concept but when it's you know the like you said the utility of the clothing also adds to 
the the reason why people use it right mm -hmm. um so do you think that there's like specific gestures and by gestures i mean like type of language that you use differently or the type of way that like maybe people walk and and, and talk and interact when when wearing street clothes streetwear it depends on i i would say yeah because in any like cultural subset people speak differently um they use different language but i think with streetwear in general it's more like a subtle thing where there's like you know it's like baseball you know like unwritten rules um so what's an example uh okay like if you rock jordans right if you're like a jordan collector if you're big into Jordans, people aren't a really a big fan of the, the Air Jordan 1 mid, right? So like highs are acceptable, lows are acceptable. But if you throw on a mid, that's a no-go, right? Or like- um, For some reason, right? For some reason, just because people are like, it's a mid shoe and then now the term mid means whack. So somebody says something and you go, oh, that shit is mid. It means it's whack. So you see how the culture creates its like own- language and i think like there's another thing where it's like if you have like nike sneakers or adidas sneakers wearing the opposite brand pant is a no-go so you don't wear like adidas track pants with like nike sneakers yeah and you know and you don't wear like adidas sneakers with like a nike tech pant it's like like bro, bro what that's you, a no-go yeah that's that's a no-go like what are you doing and then even in some circumstances there are like you know certain pieces that are whack like you don't buy those pieces like um i'm not rocking that 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 collab is garbage or that's a dub or that's that's a no-go or even like when people try to you know quote unquote head crack right like they try to go resell over market or it's going under retail but you're trying to charge me a certain amount of money like the culture does have different things but i think it's more of a, a subtlety and then, you know, like, there's references to, like, things, like, you know, if somebody says they're into the street where you say, who's Jems Jebbia? Uh, they say, I don't know. It's like, bro, how are you a streetwear connoisseur, but you don't know who the creator Supreme is, right? Or if I ask somebody who's Nego, you better know he's the, the general who created Bape, right? Like, people, there's certain languages, certain people that you can talk about where you can kind of, like, figure out if a person knows actually what they're talking about. But, um, like I said before, capitalism ruining everything. Like, I think, I don't know. Have you ever heard of the show uh, Full Size Run? No. Okay, it's a, it's a sneaker show that's hosted on Complex. And it's, uh, okay. these, it's uh, Trinidad James, the rapper, uh, Matt Welty. He's a sneaker writer. He's been writing about sneakers for over 15 years. And Brendan Dunn, he's another guy who's been in the game for like 10, 12 years. Uh, they had like a sneaker YouTuber on, his, on the show. And they gave him trivia questions. Very simple, like any type of trivia question that any collector would know or anybody who's into sneakers would know. And he yeah. couldn't answer the question. So he couldn't answer. He got all the questions wrong. So they were making fun of him about it. And his thing was like, oh, it doesn't matter if I just like shoes. I, I don't need to know all that stuff. Yeah. So I think there's kind of a shift now because of like capitalism and like the fact that it's global now like people don't really do their homework anymore like they used to yeah and it's almost and it's an unspoken rule to have that knowledge yeah that's that's kind of what separates i guess that that would be part of the the separation between 
um, how a minority would wear certain clothes and how someone who has money would wear certain clothes. Well, yeah, I have to I have to explain. I, I'm not separating any individual uh, minorities because um, I feel like in New York, it's easy to walk into a, a block that has a multitude of cultures in it, uh, ranging from you know Asian to Blacks and Dominicans, Cubans, and I, I think that that's that's a main reason why streetwear kind of changes between groups but it's it's a it's it's kind of like a form of of representation of that group because what maybe we'll wear in the bronx somebody else in brooklyn might not wear no I, yeah i i understand that 100 percent uh, because but the thing the good that's the thing about streetwear like it is like if you look at streetwear it's kind of like like what, what's a corny metaphor I can make? It's like uh, you know, Captain Planet. It's like Earth, water, wind, fire. Everything comes together and it makes Captain Planet. Like you had yeah. all these hubs, right? You got like Soho, New York, Fairfax, in uh, LA. You've got Tokyo in Japan. Even in places like Russia with uh, Moscow with the tracksuits. Um, you know, every part of the world, Europe too as well. Like they threw in their own little thing to create streetwear and to make it what it is today. Cause like, it's so, I like, I like, you know, people can say that I like, I criticize capitalism right now, but there's positives and negatives. Like the idea that like, I could, let's say if I want to put a fit together, I could source a leather jacket from All Saints in London. And if I want to throw on some salvage denim, I could call, I can get a pair of jeans from, from um, Ivizu or BBC, or I can get a, uh, in Japan. If I want a nice shirt, I can go to Supreme in New York. Or if I want like a beanie, I can hit up a store in Fairfax in LA. Like you can now because it's so global, all of those people that did the work prior to create like these hubs kind of give people just a place where they can like plug and play. So I do agree with you that like you can't even say like, oh, you know, streetwear is for this these people because like everybody wears it now. So in in your perspective how does it help the uh, how does uh, streetwear help the autonomy or did help the autonomy of marginalized communities how did how did it help progress individuals or how did it help build the culture that we're in now well i think I think if we just like, I, I think I would just put this in like a New York perspective. I think that streetwear did provide autonomy to people because people could do whatever they wanted in forms of clothing and it was a form of expression. But I think it was also important as a form of like black entrepreneurship, right? Uh, yeah. Like I touched on earlier, we had, when we were growing up, we had a bunch of black fashion brands, right? You had Walkerwear. You had uh, Dapper Dan's shop where he would, you know, take the designer leather and make whatever you wanted out of it. Like, he'll make, like, a Louis V bubble jacket if you paid him enough money. Uh, you had, you know, Sean John, Fat Farm, Rockefeller, Baby Fat. Uh, like I said before, South Pole, FUBU, Cross Colors, Carl Kanai. And then you saw, like, in the 2000s, you know, you had, like, Jeff Staple started his brand. He's an Asian guy. 
You have Bobby Hundreds, who's Asian. He has his own fashion brand. Uh, James Jebbia, I think he's from, he's European, right? He started Supreme. You got like all these people from different backgrounds, whether, you know, Black, Asian, um, that created their own businesses. And they made money. And look at even some, they, and then these things became part of the culture. Um, you know, remember, before, before Michael Jordan signed, there wasn't an athlete that had a shoe with their name on it. So you see yeah. how, like, streetwear created this, like, thing where, like, now if you're a basketball star, you have to have a shoe. Like, Jordan started that. Um, it's the same thing now where you have, like, Heron Preston. You know, he's a black kid, started his own fashion brand. And you have like Virgil, you look at the cultural significance of what Virgil did starting Pyrex in his house, going to Off-White and then Off-White going to Louis V. You know, that's like becoming the first black designer at a major fashion brand. Like it allowed people to create their own spaces where people could express themselves, people could create. And it's just like, I think a vector for people who just want to make things. Because now you see it's so easy now to make a brand. Everybody can make a brand because of the way the internet is you can make clothes without even knowing how to like cut and sew yeah so i think that's like the importance of sure because it doesn't even take that like for example if you wanted to make a streetwear brand it doesn't take that much money you could literally set up a store where people order it and then it's made you don't even have to make the product which is like insane but those things wouldn't have happened if like i said the people who did the work didn't create the, the the hype or the love for streetwear that it is today. So today in in today, how do you see streetwear affecting or how do I say this question clearly? Um, how do you see streetwear affecting the future of minority culture? How do you see it like do you see us changing streetwear in some form or do you see it um becoming a common kind of knowledge um personally i think in my opinion it's we're gonna have a negative reaction to streetwear um i think that you know if you look at just what's going on right now like with inflation and you know, wages not going up and prices of food going up, prices of gas going up, everything is getting more expensive. I do think that there are going to be choices that people are going to have to make. So I don't think people are going to be rocking streetwear or rocking even like designer brands or designer streetwear collaborations because it's so expensive, right? But I think also the other thing is like, is that if you look at streetwear now, there's certain brands that still have that allure or that have that like feel for the culture. But I think now what's happening is that a lot of people are just being priced out of streetwear. So like the people who originally created it can't even afford it. Or the people who are part of the culture or grew up in the culture that inspire it can't even um, afford it. So I, I do think what's going to happen is you're going to see people wearing it less. Uh, I can even give you an example. Like I went to a, uh, I was going to go to a pop-up event uh, like a month ago for this album for uh, Nigo. He just, he dropped an album. And in one of the music videos, he, there's a Letterman jacket. And I was like, oh, that's a really nice jacket. If they have it at the pop-up store, depending on the price. 
I would want to get it. So I'm thinking, you know, in the price range of Letterman, it's $500, $400, right? Yeah. The fucking, the fucking jacket was two grand. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not paying two grand for it. Like I'm not getting the jacket. It's not, it's not happening. And, um, and I think that's, what's going to, I think what's happening is just people, in my opinion, from what I'm noticing, people just don't want to pay resale. Um, people don't want to deal with, you know, these apps that you don't win anything. And it's more now of a frustration than anything. And this is just my opinion. I don't want to sound like I'm negative right here, but this is just my opinion where you're just like, I don't want to take part in this process anymore because it's become so difficult and then it prices people out now. Do you see that? Oh, sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. Do you see that uh, the people around you that are, are like you that enjoy wearing streetwear, do you see them having the same kind of reaction to the same uh, pr- price inflation? Oh, of course. And this is even before the, the whole, like, a real inflation. Like, even two years ago, you would discuss with people, like, you know, sneaker retails for 150 170 You don't get it. It's automatically $400, $500. Like, that's ridiculous. Who has that? Um, and then you have situations where, like, you know, even stuff that's not supposed to sell out sells out because people buy it because they think they can resell it. And then sometimes you end up getting it for cheaper than it originally cost because somebody tried to uh, create inflation in the market or like a fake resale market or fake hype. But all of these things, in my opinion, people are either going to get tired of it, which is what I think is going to happen, especially people in our age bracket, because people in our age bracket, we have families and kids or we have houses or cars or responsibility, other things that we need to pay for rather than a nice shirt. Uh, but then that's why now you see an explosion in like people buying reps. They, they buy the fake version of the shoe, which, you know, I've seen some. They're essentially the same thing most of the time. Yeah. I've heard of, uh, yeah, replicas. And I've even seen like my cousin do uh, the the app where like they like bet like $20 to see if they can get uh, a pair of shoes or a pair of sneakers that retail for like maybe 175, maybe 200, even a PlayStation, I believe. (laughs) But it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot of change in the market, I believe. And also in, in the way we're viewing streetwear because it's become mainstream that, it's going to have to change. I think streetwear in itself may change by the way, you know, a, a community is going to like start picking different clothes to, to feel comfortable in, you know? Yeah. Cause now you see like more people wearing like fast fashion, like, you know, Shein or like H and M Uniqlo, um, stuff like that rather than like, pain because now what even happens is like the stuff that the fashion brands make and then the stuff that the streetwear brands make you know the fast fashion they just copy it and and drop it and because you know in fashion there's no like really like any copyrights or you know it's very hard to like copyright a design yeah so these fashion brands like h&m you know they make the version of something like i don't i don't know if you remember when those ball main jeans were like a thing those yeah. jeans were like two thousand dollars, but you could get them in H and M, the same type of jeans for sixty bucks. 
that, that that's like a no-brainer, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and and it's also changed because fast fashion is definitely like 52 weeks a year. Like every week they drop something new. And streetwear is a lot slower in dropping something new. Yeah, I, well, it depends on what brand you're talking about. Because like I feel okay. like Supreme, Supreme, they do a drop like every other week or every week. Like it's to the point that I can't even keep up with the collaborations at all. Like I said, like, and and, and it's getting like even ridiculous. Like I think like, uh, what was it? It was uh Gucci and Fendi. They're like uh, they're not sure, but the designers they did a collab, which is like the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. So, you know, now it's getting to the point like you said, even every week there's something new. So you you really can't keep up at that point. Yeah. So it's looking like in the future we're gonna be shifting away from streetwear or maybe not but that's that's still a representation of the community and how they're able to keep up with the clothing lines that are coming out now and represent themselves we'll have to see i guess there's no answer to this (laughs) (laughs) there definitely is never an answer and that's okay um but thank you again so much I think we could cut it there. Um, yeah, th- this was a great interview. And uh, you answered more than the questions that I had. So <laughs> do you feel like you have anything else that you want to like say about street fashion that maybe I didn't get to ask you about? No, no, I, I don't. I don't really have anything to say. I'm, 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 I'm what you would call an old head. So like my opinion um has some type of weight depending on certain topics but if you were to talk to me about like streetwear now i would tell you i don't really know much right now because it's, it's so different yeah like, i just wear i wear the same thing every day it's like black pants black shirt white sneakers or blue pants black shirt white sneakers so it's like doesn't really it's become a different actually that's <laughs> That believe it or not, that became my <laughs> uniform as well. But yes. only difference is that I found that uniform from minimalism and not streetwear. Like I'm, <laughs> I wear like the skinny jeans now with like some brown boots and a black shirt or a white shirt because it all comes together anyways. And I'm like, all right, yeah. if it's really hot outside, I throw on some shorts and some sneakers. I still add to my fashion by trying to maintain something that's in a way attached to the community that, that I come from, like my Hirachis, like I'll wear, I have a black pair of Hirachis that for me, you know, how can I state it? I put them up on a pedestal. I try not to get them dirty. Cause I'm like, these are really comfortable. They're really nice. They go with shorts, they go with jeans. So I really don't want to mess them up. But like you said, I also wear cold hands and then I wear some fashions that are definitely not streetwear. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's different now. It's very different. But what what you gonna do? Ch- change is inevitable, as they say. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like you said before, there's there's different brands that came out. Like I I bought, I think it was uh, three pairs of um, Amazon jeans, the skinny jeans that they make, and they're going for like forty dollars. But you know, the Levi's that I used to like are eighty, a hundred and twenty dollars now, and I'm like, all right, well. I can't spend that much money traveling and going to go get these pair of jeans when I could just get these and they're the exact same thing. 
and I'm probably just going to keep using, you know, three to five pairs. So I don't know Amazon sells jeans. I know that now. <laughs> yeah, no, they sell jeans. They sell like shirts. They have like their own shirts. Um, and they're, they're decent brands that, you know, for an inexpensive price, you can throw them on, mess them up and, and the next year buy another, buy another 12 and like use those through until you need another 12. I do buy that's sweatpants. how I work. Huh? I do buy the sweatpants. The sweatpants are legit. The sweatpants? I can never yeah. wear a pair of sweatpants. <laughs> I've never ever, I don't know if it's the whole military thing, but I was in school and I saw people. It's it's crazy because I see individuals walking around like looking like they're at the Met Gala. And then I I see other people coming in with Crocs and it drives me bananas because I'm like, first of all, if there's an emergency, those Crocs are going to slip right off your feet and you're not <laughs> going to be able to run. And they're like, oh, well, that's what, what the strap is for. I'm like, you ever try sprinting full, full speed down the street with Crocs on? Try it. Go ahead. Hey, hey, listen, you got to. You got to put them in sport mode. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's what everybody said. Put them in sport mode. Put them in sport mode. Put, put, them, the in, little, put, them, in, put the little put the lever strap. on. <laughs> put them in sport mode, bro. Yeah. I'm like, nah, forget that. I'd, I'd, rather, I'd rather put my shoes on, have my sneakers and my boots that if I got to take off, I'm taking off. There's Nothing's coming off of me. <laughs> but that, that's just me. I don't know. And that's the interview. Um. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate all of you for taking the time. I hope you enjoyed uh, this interview with my friend Paul. And if you want Paul back, please let me know. And I'll put him back on the uh, show. We'll just have another episode. We're just chopping it up and talking about whatever. But as always, uh, my name is Kelvin Cedeno. This has been another episode of Outside Thinking with Kelvin Cedeno. Remember, stay positive and always take the view from outside. Peace.